there's a reason why there's like business people that run these companies and not just like armchair quarterbacks. There's a reason we do it on a podcast and actually don't get paid to talk about our theories. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. Oh, man, is it? Yeah, almost had me there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. This week, we're watching the newest MODOK series. MODOK. Do you know what MODOK stands for? No. <laughs> Actually, I do, but yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll say what it stands for. Marvel is recording some future-based podcasts. Mm, What's podcast. this mean? It was announced yesterday on a Saturday. <laughs> I'm like, that's the worst time to announce a podcast, but that's fine. Mm. We'll move along. Uh, we both saw Army of the Dead. We're going to mm-hmm. review it later in the show. Mm-hmm. And more. And more. I might sound a little raspy today on the podcast because I went out into the real world Hung out with some other fully vaccinated friends at an outdoor tiki bar. So we had a good time. There was some hooping. There was some hollering. There were some mm-hmm. very strong, deceptive tiki drinks because they just they just start pouring rum. And then they're like, okay, well, this is just rum in a glass. What do we do now? And it's like, well, let's just disguise it with all the fruity tropical juices that we have available. And then you start drinking it. And you're just like, mm, this mm-hmm. is delicious. I'll have another one. Yes, please. So... Well- a little raspy today, but I've recovered. It's a good thing that we're recording in the afternoon for me and not the a.m. So uh, well, I feel I, 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 feel, I, I feel can much... tell what. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I just feel feel a little bit more human. It's the first time I've done anything like this in like a year and a half, um, and it, it kind of made me think. Uh, just before we recorded, I was like, I feel like we need to retire the title of the Corn mm-hmm. Stream. I feel like. You know, even though the pandemic is still, you know, raging in other parts of the world, you know, a lot of people have moved beyond the whole concept of quarantining, especially since there's like a vaccine now, you know, people should still be taking precautionary measures. But like, yeah, I think the title of the quarantine stream needs mm-hmm. to change. And I think we're just going to kind of just go back to a, gen- a less fun, but more generic name of just like what we've been watching. So yeah. Yeah, just getting back out into the world, making me feel normal and human. I was just like, yeah, we can't just keep calling it the corn stream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're working on it. I was gonna say, I can, I was gonna say before you jumped in, that I can tell what day it's gonna be if you message me either at noon my time or four in the afternoon my time. <laughs> um, and it was a four in the afternoon one, kind of those days. So yeah, I, sometimes I it's just like, do we have something that we have to do later today? Like, I better, yeah. I better reach out to Chris early. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's always got something going on. But if anybody yeah. out there has any fun names that how we should rename the corn stream like we could we could continually rename it we could name it seasonally we could uh name it based off of like the next kind of big like marvel movie that's coming out or like superhero title Mm -hmm. you know if anybody has anything that kind of encompasses the same type of feeling but right Mm -hmm. now we're just sticking with what we're watching so if you you, the audience (laughs) wants to jazz it up uh, let us know (laughs) Yeah, and then on that note, again, like we've talked about, uh, I am moving this week. So literally, mm-hmm. my, uh, from the past what, two weeks, my house has just been. I mean, Mike saw it today for the first. My room's empty here. My office, 
that is usually to the brim with Funkos. It's just uh, <laughs> great walls. I uh, do, uh, I do appreciate that you are uh, scheduling this whole gigantic move of moving between houses in the middle of the week, so it doesn't yeah. interrupt the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I specifically told everyone we can't do this on a weekend. We yeah. have to do it during the week, so uh, that's what we're we're here to do. So, uh, but yeah, so let's doing that. Uh, yeah, the old, the first thing I did. Was schedule my internet installation. I have to like I have a whole week to make sure this is perfect. Mm-hmm. But next week is a three day weekend. There's a holiday weekend. There's Memorial Day weekend here in the states. So uh, you may see us uh, come up Sunday night. You may see us Monday night. It, it all depends on how, what we're doing next week and how we're mm-hmm. feeling. If Mike is going out in the world and getting rowdy again, we're not. So. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to a thing uh, next Sunday. You know, it, it's outdoors. It's safe. Everybody has to be vaccinated to go. But it is. Luau theme, so I just cannot escape this uh, this uh, style of uh, gathering uh, this month. So I could be equally as raspy next week, but uh, I, I'm yeah. just I'm just glad uh, you got to go get that vaccine, people. Go get it. Go get jabbed in the arm. You you yeah. won't feel it at all. It's great. Um, it's like a selection bias, right? Everybody out there is reporting all of these bad side effects that they get from shot one, shot two, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, whatever. And like when when nobody feels anything, they don't feel the need to let people know. Uh, so I had like almost no side effects from any of them. Like I got mm-hmm. my knees got like a little creaky, which was just almost kind of because you're old. It was well, it was just <laughs> almost kind of like funny to me because like my the rest of my constitution was totally fine, but for like for 24 hours, like my knees just. Felt creaky after the second Pfizer shot, which I just I just thought it was just entertaining uh, as much as it immobilized me. Uh, but you're you're gonna be totally fine. Go get the go get the vaccine. Go get the shot. You know, and then we can all go back to our normal lives of drinking mai tais. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We can do that. I mean, um, I, I had to I had to get a root canal a week and a half ago. Ooh. I think that was more painful uh, <laughs> than this. So uh, you know, we gotta we gotta. Yeah, you pick and choose, but yeah. But uh, I'm currently, like I said, in, in an empty house, but we're going to go ahead and get this because I've not been able to watch a whole lot. I think um, when I sit down for dinner, uh, which we haven't been able to cook because all of our pots and pans are, <laughs> are packed up in the garage in a mm-hmm. box, uh, so are the plates. So we've been kind of ordering out um, excessively, which I hate, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, mm-hmm. We've been watching them. Um, I've been trying to crank through the series uh, of regular show. I mm-hmm. missed the last two seasons uh, whenever it was airing. So, uh, thankfully, I have a, right now three subscriptions to HBO Max. I counted. <laughs> one I was paying for originally. Uh-huh. One that's free with my phone, and one that's free with my new internet service. So, <laughs> what's uh, your new internet service again? It's uh, AT&T Fiber. AT&T, gotcha. I mean, yeah. uh, a word of the wise to people out there who have a Spectrum, I didn't realize this until we just moved, but when you do a change of address on Spectrum, they create a brand new account for you. So I had to like yep. go in, log in, make like a new account. I mean, the only upside of all of this is you get a new promotional rate. So now my internet is like $25 cheaper a month for a year, which is really, really yeah. great. But for like the last like three weeks, I was like, logging into my spectrum account and it says like it doesn't say i owe any money and it still has our old address on here what gives so i had to like call somebody and they're just like yeah you gotta make a new account you were supposed to pay us like a week ago and i was like okay i'll do it i didn't know so word of the wise out there if you got spectrum if you're changing that's, addresses they're making you a new account uh, well that's that's the funny thing because i called them first because that's what i currently have and they were like mm-hmm. uh your rate's actually going to go up uh but you can bundle it with tv and pay more but get 
your internet price will be less, but you'll have to add TV, so you'll be paying more. I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah, your math is no. bad, so I'm going to go to the cheaper rated uh, place. But I'm excited to try that one gig up and one gig down line. Ooh, uh, delicious. Very much so. It's going to be great. This uh, you know, this podcast will almost be um, the next level, if you yeah, will. Yeah, that's what, well, I mean, really, on a practical sense, I mean, if uh, the upload speeds are going to be so much better, you're going to be able to get stuff on uh, YouTube yeah. and our podcast feed much faster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you have no idea how long that takes, but yes, <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll be doing that. So send send good thoughts my way this week as we do this. Literally on the hottest day of the year so far, uh, it'll be ninety degrees and sunny when we're doing oh, when we're with Lord. the Lord. Oh Lord, drink lots of water, Chris. Uh, I always do. Always do. I got those smart bottles. Mystery water. flavored water only, uh, though. It's got to be mystery flavored, and uh, to right fill now. in the re- to fill in the rest of the audiences, Chris and I are always <laughs> exchanging pictures of snacks that we find at stores, and he's way, just been way on more a than runner. superhero stuff. He's just been finding a runner of mystery flavored yeah. snacks. I mean, I always I always fall for it too. It's like the mystery yeah. sucker and like the bag of suckers. Like everybody wants it, you know. You don't even care what it is. It's just like you just like going in blank, and it's yeah. fun. And, and literally, it's probably another flavor they already have. They just like yeah, let's mm-hmm. do a promotion because I've got also, mystery. F- well, I was going to say I got mystery flavored Twizzlers, mystery flavored <laughs> icy push pops, and then they're coming out with mystery flavored Pop Tarts. Yeah, I, I think also like psychologically, there are a certain percentage of mystery flavored snacks that, like, if it's a candy, it's always like white. You know, they don't want to add a color to it to kind of influence mm-hmm. what the mystery might be. I feel like I've always just like white flavored candies because it's usually like a pineapple or like a coconut or something like that. And I, I like that tropical stuff, you know, calling it, it back makes, to the tiki drinks earlier. It makes me think of a airhead, mystery airheads. Yeah. Because uh, uh-huh. they're always uh, white. Um, but that, but also I'm just going to go ahead and got my water right here. Gonna Oh yeah. Get that nice tape there. I got a uh, peach Perrier, Mike. Uh, some, some peach spicy water, if you will. Uh, mm, for, for this, bubbles, this show. Chris. I know. He's, Oh yeah! Oh, ooh, that's good tape. That's good audio, Chris. Uh, a- ASMR here for people who enjoy sparkling water. <laughs> um, but let's jump into this. What we're watching? Uh, what I've watched this week. Uh, it will cover the, uh, the end caps of our episode, you, mm-hmm. if you will, the new section. So go ahead and jump in with these uh, recaps of of shows. Have you finished Invincible yet? Oh, I'm I'm getting closer. I, I watched two more episodes this week, and uh, this show is great. I love it. Uh, I, I love knowing that, like, no character is safe. Uh, don't blink or somebody that you thought, you know, was okay is now, like, literally squished and there's, like, blood all over the place. Um, I, I was uh, talking to my wife and I was explaining it to her. It's like, I feel like the writer's room goes into this show writing something that they don't really necessarily intend to be animated, right? Uh, they know that they don't really have any limitations, uh, but they don't write it like they're writing something that's animated. They don't uh, perceive the thought that their audience is just going to be like kids or like young adults or anything like that. They're like, let's just write a really like compelling like superhero drama and it just happens to be animated. And um, the episodes, like we mentioned before, are like 40 minutes long. So you kind of do get some like animation shortcuts every once in a while. But it's kind of one of those uh, things that you see often with anime as well. Like if you're watching an episode of anime and you're like, well, they're just standing around doing a lot of talking. Ain't a whole lot happening in this episode. What's going on? It's like, oh, because they're saving all of their pencil mileage for a crazy action scene that's going to happen later in the episode. And Invincible is kind of like a similar way. Uh, no spoilers, but I did just watch an episode where there was lots of viscera, blood, uh, a lot of brutal damage happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they do a really good job 
uh, leaving you on cliffhangers. There's kind of like little after credit uh, stingers that uh, make you want to jump into the next one. So I'm having a great time with it. Uh, the voice cast is great. You know, last time I brought up all of these, uh, you know, J.K. Simmons, Stephen Yoon, but like I, I really love Walton Goggins' character. He's kind of like the um, the Nick Fury s character in, in this world, and it, he's doing a really great job. So Invincible has been great. I've only watched like one other episode of Jupiter Rising, Ascending. No, Jupiter Ri- no, Jupiter's <laughs> Legacy. God damn it, Jupiter's Legacy. It. I can't get those right. Jupiter's yeah. Legacy. I watched one other episode, which was kind of cool because it, it took the perspective of kind of like a, a a villain side of some of these characters. So that was pretty cool. But it's really hard. I get confused with the storylines when jumping back and forth because there are so many similarities to the point of there's a villain, there's an ongoing villain in Invincible that kind of is like this big, bald, brute kind of character that clones himself. And then in the Jupiter show, there's a character that mysteriously kind of gets cloned and they don't know how it happened and they look very similar. So there's, I, I just get confused when I watch two of them uh, concurrently, but I could, I think I could still recommend both of those shows. Mm-hmm. But, and then in between all of that, uh, I'm still moving my way and uh, watching Smallville. Uh, it, it's been, been fun seeing the, the different storylines that they're going down, the, the emotional ties between Lex Luthor and Clark Kent grow deeper and stronger and more mysterious, but it's been fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was a uh, <laughs> last week was 10 years since the, the series uh, uh, ended uh-huh. was last week. I, it was in my show notes. I can't think we, I don't think we talked about it because you didn't talk about the show, but it is a decade. So it's 10 seasons long and mm-hmm. now it's 10 seasons out. So you're like at that, like, point where you've been out as long as it existed kind of mm-hmm. thing right now so uh, it's an interesting i guess i uh crossroads for the show <laughs> yeah it's 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 exciting watching the show because i i know it's so long and there's so many seasons and there's so much train track ahead of me that i'm just thinking like okay well when does lois lane come in when does this other love interest like drop off uh like at some point in time he's got to leave smallville so how much of the show is going to take place in um in, in metropolis you know obviously clark has super speed so he can zip back and forth so the store so the other characters in smallville can still exist so it, it's just fun trying to see where it's going to go mm-hmm. but uh the special effects are getting a little bit better as the show goes on but it's it's just still always fun when there's like a really cheesy uh special effect and you're just like yeah they did their best and it didn't look good but i still had fun so uh, just letting everybody out there. Mm. I'm still, I'm still on the Smallville train. I will finish it eventually, and I'll do like a whole series review on the podcast of just telling you what I thought about the show. But you, you got to stay subscribed because it's gonna take me a while. Okay, you can take as long as you need. Uh, I, I will not be tuning in for that episode, Mike. I'll be <laughs> somewhere else. Well, I mean, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta recap ten seasons of a show. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, I was also going to say before you before I get the Invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I've been seeing articles. I, I pulled up one from my history. The Invincible show and the comic book are actually pretty close, like one for one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this like the timeline of like so, what well, takes like ten books in one is like two episodes in a, in the show. So um, I'd be interested to see like the writing team. Like how do they decide what needs to be moved up and what didn't for that? Mm-hmm. You mentioned the writing team, so. Um, 
Let's just jump into the thing. I've been watching uh, this week. I was able to catch not all, not the entire series, but the first few episodes of Modoc now streaming on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, did, how, did you get through all of it this weekend? Uh, I caught the first episode just okay. uh, a few hours ago because I was like, "Oh, we're recording today. I got to watch at least one of them." <laughs> yeah, so I caught the first two uh, just to kind of kind of show show my cards, and it's nothing against the show. Little like so literally just putting like watching these, but the, what's great about Modoc is, um, again, I think you 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 asked us, uh, Hulu tends to put most of their stuff out actually all at once in a Netflix style, uh, like the TV shows. I think they did this with the the last Loeb property, which was um, Hellstrom as well. So, all 10 episodes of Modoc are on streaming on Hulu, and um, you can catch them all, and they're all what 22 to 25 episodes, I believe, or minutes, um, mm-hmm. per episode, which is great. That's a that's a that's a dinner watch for me, Mike. Yeah. I sit down, eat my whatever I'm having, uh, and and get through that. So. One thing I didn't realize about the show is I know we talked about the show a lot over the last year or so, and it was like this stop motion show. But for some reason, I didn't realize it was full stop motion. I thought it yeah. was going to be like a stop motion style look to it. And I'm sure there's uh, computers involved with this uh, as well. But uh, when the show dropped on Friday, I saw some retweets uh, in my timeline of people that were like, you know, onset, you know, we have an onset picture here that we can talk about. But some other people putting videos of like some stop motion of uh, just like some of the characters like walking down the street. And I was like, oh, wow, this was like a legit like uh, stupid buddy production of like them moving these little things. Things, you know just yeah. like uh they so, did like robot chicken and everything so i was like wow this a lot of work went into this so i i'm pretty sure again i just want to the, the video i showed behind the scenes is a parody video uh or parody image they, they didn't really make a life-size modok kind of things but they got pat oswalt to dress up as it for like the quote unquote, the release of this um but i i agree it, it's very much if you are familiar with robot chicken and how that show operates this looks about the same right like uh, one of his kids, Lou, when he moves around, um, who's actually voiced by Ben Schwartz, by the way, uh, of Parks and Rec, Sonic fame, uh, he um, his sweater, he's wearing a sweater, it moves. The fluffiness moves of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a big fan of Fantastic Mr. Fox, if you will, and every mm-hmm. time they move the hair on it, like, you're not going to have every hair look the same when you move a mannequin kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, you can see that. But I, I, I got to say, it, it is very much a... Um, fully stop motion, and they love using the um, exterior shot of his uh, the aim layer in the hillside, <laughs> um, day and nighttime, uh, quite a bit. So um, yeah, this show this show's out there, Mike. Um, I I don't think there's any way to spoil this show very much, um, if I'm gonna be honest. But let's talk a little bit about it. If you guys want to jump ahead to the next thing, um, we have time codes again in the show notes, stuff like that. Uh, but you know, this show um, after watching the first episode, which I think we about the second one. Um, carries on with the um the idea of the uh or uh, what's that i sing the song at the opening of the show mike the uh, third eye blind uh, <laughs> motive of, of we saw in the trailer uh so the second one deals with a, a third eye blind motive and kind of what's going on in in the life of the modox if you will uh for that but this is a kind of a uh, it's a little darker than I thought, and they linger a little bit on the gore more than I thought they would uh, <laughs> for a Hulu show. I'm, it's not it's not a bad thing, but it's just like I didn't think, I expected it to be more maybe again like Robot Chicken, more cutaways, more um, like you know little uh, little snippets of of other things, flashbacks. But this is pretty much just uh, Modok being a miserable kind of self centered asshole uh, and running his company into the ground all at the same time. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I only had a chance to catch the first episode, but there are some uh, good jokes I laughed at. Uh, some jokes that I, you know, I thought were f- were funny, but not necessarily laughable. Nothing really fell flat. So that's good. Uh, the funny thing about Modoc, you know, after you kind of talk about, you know, the animation, right? It's just basically a comedy show after that. So you're just kind of like, well, how do you review a comedy show? You basically yeah. just say if you thought it was funny or not. So uh, you, we've kind of moved beyond the uh, the old television days of like uh, pilots. You know, now yeah. everything just gets series orders, and they just they they break the whole story, then they they write it and shoot everything. So, but still, I feel like first episodes always kind of have that same pilot vibe where you got to get a lot of information out there and then usually once you get to the second third you know fourth episode they can really you know start to flex and you know tell the the really funny stuff that they wanted to do without having to introduce all these characters so i always give first episodes of shows a lot of slack so i'll know a little bit more once i watch episode two but so far i'm not uh, like as chris would uh, use this as a metric i'm not offended yeah uh you know pat oswald's great he's always funny uh i love that you know Ben Schwartz is in it um I, I can't I think her name is Amy but I don't remember her last name she voices um uh, the the mom I believe she was in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine I think um if I, if I remember right so a lot of familiar uh voices in there well which uh, Amy, Amy Garcia yeah yeah that's what it was yeah 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 and then um uh, uh Wendy McClendon Covey uh I know her from Reno 911 but she was like on the uh what was it the there, that's another TV show. She's the uh, Goldbergs, the mom on the Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the voice of Monica Rappaccini, mm-hmm. um, which is you know this is this is a a I guess a again the remnant of a Jeff Loeb era stuff. And as you know, we obviously love Jeff Loeb around <laughs> here. Um, I, I personally uh, have a vendetta against him from comic books, and then you know again to the Inhumans, it's awful. Uh, but you know um, of the stuff he's done. This is probably my favorite thing that's come out of it. Um, I think. I think overall. I also think. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think the first episode is very much the setting the tone for the show. The second one sets the story for the show. So um, I think you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised there. I did think of you immediately. Three minutes into the first episode, Iron Man shows up and he's savoring the Great British Bake Off <laughs> oh, yeah. while he's fighting Modoc. Yeah, I thought uh, those are pretty good. I thought those are pretty good joke. And then yeah. he gets infatuated over the boot. So I was like, yeah. that's, that's a that's a good joke. Uh, I was I was surprised. Uh, uh, by the adaptoid, I thought it was yeah. just gonna be like just like you know a normal kind of like standard robot, but no, it's got like this. He's got a a, a flare to himself, and then he transforms into like a ladder. It was, it was funny. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, "What am I gonna do? You're the ladder because mm-hmm. the shrinking pills." I like the Marvel references. I'm gonna be. There's a lot of Marvel references as oh, a whole yeah, here. Yeah, there was a Fing Fang Foom one yeah. in the first episode. His restaurant, <laughs> the Pim particles. I mean, yeah, that is yeah. kind of one of the the great things about the. Um, about these animated universes, I, I believe if they're running the same if they're running the same rules that the animated stuff goes through, they don't have to clear as much stuff. Even yeah. though like Disney is now collecting a lot more IP, they don't have to worry about it as much anymore. But yeah, yeah I think they'll they'll have a lot more clearance for jokes. Yeah, like I said, Iron Man's in right away, and voiced by John Hamm brilliantly, by the way, as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, talking about Pam, Fing, Fang, Foom. Um, aim uh there's yeah there's there's gonna be more coming up i, I haven't got it like some I'm, I'm excited to get there but like i love that they can literally pull anything they want to this because it is parody it's satire right like obviously the modok isn't going to cross into the mcu in this form uh mm-hmm. or, or whatever um 
Yeah, I, I think it's fun. I think one of the interesting things is the rise of Modoc in all Marvel um, non-MCU stuff right now. Um, we were talking before the show about how the Avengers game is getting the MCU suits, right? Mm-hmm. And Modoc is literally the villain. Modoc and Monica Rappuccini are the villains of the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, are, does does Kevin Feige just say, I don't want these two characters, like use them for everything else. We, we really <laughs> don't want you kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, I also enjoy the um, the, uh, the the Grumble guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy who's like the, obviously the East Coast uh, or West Coast tech guy. Oh, who the, comes the, in. the CEO. Yeah, well, is he? He's not a CEO, is he? I thought he was just the. Um, he's just running Grumble, which is now owns AIM because he ran. I, I gotta look. I gotta look this up. I, I got. I didn't pull up enough notes on this one. The the thing at the end we're talking about later. <laughs> That's all right. The the great thing about this show, it is relatively like low stakes, right? You know, we don't. We're not gonna have to track it for continuity. Uh, you know, if it's popular, I'm sure it'll get a season two. But but at the same time, it was like a, a Jeff Loeb remnant, and we all know that they've been killing everything off that that he had left yeah. over. So, you know. Uh, this and uh, Hit Monkey are the only other. That's the only other thing left. Um, and we'll see if Hit Monkey. Like we have not so, heard anything else about Hit so Monkey. Last week, um, Jordan Blum, uh, who is the uh, producer on the show, said that Hit Monkey looks amazing. Um, so apparently, they are still working on that one because it's probably again low cost animation to work on stuff. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see that. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Modoc. Um, all the way through, all ten episodes. Again, it's pretty easy to think. I might put it on the background this week, once we get kind of going. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would recommend Mike. I mean, I would recommend anyone who who likes a comedy um, uh, to to tune in this. I've I've talked to a listener of the show, super fan Jim. Uh, he thinks it's too much slice of real life <laughs> for him. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'm excited to see what he means by that as I kind of work through the show. But, um, um, I'm. Yeah, I'm 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 down with this, right? Like it's fine with me. What do you think? Like you said, yeah, it, <laughs> like uh, yeah, like I said before, low stakes. Like what you're like, yeah. you don't want to risk twenty minutes on a stop motion show. I mean, just yeah. you'll be fine. There will be one joke in every episode that will make you laugh. I think, mm-hmm. I, or at least you're like, oh, I like that Marvel reference though. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of thing. So, all right, well, Modoc, there it is now on Hulu streaming. Check it out if you want to. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Love the title, right? I think we'll just be calling it Quantum Mania from now on because mm-hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp is a lot of syllables to get to this. Uh, they are uh, going to be filming this movie in a volume like The Mandalorian does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it sounds like surprised. they've got this. Yeah, they really got that technology down to where they can expand it, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is probably a, a cheap way um, to do it, keep people safe. And, you know, um, most of that, most of the quantum realm is going to be in effects, right? Anyway, so. I it is kind of <laughs> it is kind of funny to see production go shift the different way, right? You know, usually they say, you know, like, oh, when a when a feature comes to a luxury car, right? Like power windows used to be in only luxury cars, and then once they got you know uh, less uh, uh, less new, they filtered down to normal ca- cars. Now everybody got power windows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be like the same way with movies, right? The the special effects technology and everything would eventually trickle down once it was cheap enough into television, and now this is the totally different way. Now you know theoretically there there could have been something comparable to the volume maybe being used on a feature film set but that's as far as we know it was heavily used and created and and engineered well but actually i I, i'm kind of talking myself out of this now because i think i remember when john favreau 
was in that behind the scenes of that first season of The Mandalorian. He was talking about how he used a lot of this technology on the Jungle Book and then brought yeah. it to The Mandalorian. Well, I think they, they use VR in the 3D space for the Jungle Book, and then they built it into a phys- – like they combined it with the physical aspect, right? Like most of these movies would just literally build a huge set full of green screen, and actors would you know kind of go around that. But this time they can actually – use the volume with the, the 3D engine, video game engine, right, to look behind everything and be like, oh, I can interact with that. We've heard stories of the Mandalorian behind the scenes of like, oh, we almost like walked into the wall because we thought it was something in the distance. Yeah, that, but also, really, that might be really cool with Ant-Man too, right? Because yeah. if you're like rendering like larger stuff, like I wonder if people will be like, oh yeah, I felt like I was really tiny because I walked by a giant fork. Yeah, yeah. They can, they can interact with uh, things, and maybe not physically. Well, they have physical things, but digitally as well. But also the um, the idea of, like, you know, they, they literally use any video game rendering engine so they can have a team of programmers like, hey, move that rock over or change the sky color or something a little bit, right? Because it looks weird here. We can adjust the previs right now to do it and, and, and film it as it is. So uh, I think that's really cool they're doing it. Um, the guy who plays Hank Pym, Michael Douglas, said that it starts uh, filming in London soon. So um, that's that's great, like right, like they let's get up and going, let's get these Marvel movies. We got mm-hmm. we got like twelve to get through in the next two years, man. So. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, let's, let's, let's lock and load. Uh, a movie that's recently, I believe, wrapped filming is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I'm going to give you um, uh, some 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 rumors here on um, the mm-hmm. villain being Shuma Gorath. Are you familiar with Shuma Gorath? I am not, but I did my due diligence of okay. Googling, and this is, this is, like, very classic, like, Dungeons & Dragons, like, yeah. uh, so creature. <laughs> there, there, there are two things to look at this. One, he looks exactly like Starro, which is the villain in the Suicide Squad, right? It looks mm-hmm. like a, a starfish with a big eye in the middle, right? Or, like, an octopus. But two, he is the villain, I believe, one of the final characters you fight in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. So like that's where I kind of where he's, you know, from. He is known as the um, the mini angled one, the great old one, or something like that. So um, if you look at him, you're like, oh, this looks really, really weird, crazy. But he's a classic Doctor Strange multiverse villain. So if they're doing the multiverse of madness, it would make sense to have a multiverse villain, right? Like this mm-hmm. is not um, as much as we want it to be. Was it Mordo? I don't think Mordo's a multiverse kind of wizard. Uh, he may mm-hmm. show up, but like he's not trying to to use it. But um, the rumor is that Chumagorth will be trying to capture and use America Chavez, her reality hopping powers, to take over the multiverse as a whole. Um, which would be why they have America Chavez in this movie, right? Like, to, to, mm-hmm. to easily go between the, the this. And the rumor is also that Scarlet just wants to use America Chavez to find her Billy and Tommy in that other dimension she made. Mm-hmm. Um which also makes sense because we saw that in WandaVision. So, yeah, it's uh, gonna, yeah, there's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a lot of uh, sto- storytelling that they're going to have to get out of this movie, and I'm looking forward to see. Hopefully, if they yeah. can pull it off, because I mean, you're going to create a brand new character that we've never seen before that has uh, some of the most immense powers that we've ever seen in Marvel. Like it's literally going to reshape the phase moving forward of all these different dimensions and it's all going to kind of rest on this kind of like younger character's shoulders. So I'm curious how they explain. I don't know how America Chavez got her powers in the, in the comic mm-hmm. books, but you know, obviously there, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same way in the MCU. So I'm curious how they're going to give this one girl all this power, you know? Yeah. In the uh, comic books, she comes from another dimension naturally. Um, mm-hmm. so she got her ability in that other dimension. Um, 
so I, I think that'll be probably the easiest way. Um, Just write it off as like it happened uh, in a dimension. Yeah. I, I can't explain it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, like or or that like you know there's uh, she's in another dimension and something happened. She she got it. I don't know, but she doesn't get it in in the MCU's dimension, which is you know the uh, best way to kind of you know get around that a little bit mm-hmm. um but you know again directed by sam raimi it sounds like the score will be danny elfman i mean i'm looking for some like eldritch horror some um you know some cthulhu looking you know visuals some real not horror to 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 get out of the pg-13 realm or make it too scary but like really lean into that you know um mystical you know um kind of gothic horror kind of levels of stuff here with this, especially if Shuma Gorath is the villain of this uh, movie. So we're gonna gonna get out there. But speaking of multiverses, here's where we get some fun. Apparently in uh, the MCU has hired the VFX teams who worked on Spider-Man and the amazing Spider-Man to work on No Way Home. So leans into that credibility that we're gonna have multiple Spider-Mans, right? Yeah, I mean, it does It does make you wonder what exactly is going on here. Like, if you put on your, like, real, like, hardcore, like, nerd hat, you're just like, oh, wow, they really want to make sure that they get the uh, the other Spider-Mans right, so they're going to hire the other, they're going to hire the VFX teams that know them best, and we're going to have, like, the same people that, that you know, motion cap Tobey Maguire, they're coming back, everyone's coming back to make all these Spider-Men, but uh, also at the same time, there's a more pragmatic side to me that's just like, Oh, they're just VFX houses. I wouldn't be yes. surprised if these VFX houses have worked on other Marvel movies already because that's how you make these big movies. Like everyone knows we've all sat through the MCU credits to get to those end credit scenes, right? You've seen how long it takes to get through the special effects area, right? Because all of these different houses are responsible for different sections of the movie. So, you know, maybe there could be just a little bit of um, a little bit of a coincidence here. You know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe technically you have to credit a VFX house uh, if you just reach out to them and ask for like a 3D model or something, right? You know, yeah. since they're the originators of it. And, and uh, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't. I'm personally not reading too much into this. I, oh, uh, yeah. This, I mean, this has been great. Like, everyone's like, oh, it confirms the other Spider-Man. Yeah, the other Spider-Man are going to be in this movie, right? Like, like, there's no doubt there. But like. The VFX teams isn't like a, a Sherlock and load. Like, what if it was the VFX team who did the fonts for the movies, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we did, we did this. Yeah, we did the opening logo for, yeah. for Spider Man. Yeah. Okay, also, great. It's just like, what do you think other VFX houses couldn't handle making Spider Man? Like, oh, trust me, I think the VFX house that made Godzilla and King Kong fight each other, I think yeah. they could handle making a Spider Man right. with uh, Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire yeah. Yeah. So, supposedly so, under the suit, you know? So what has this VFX team from Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 been doing for the last 14 years? Just hanging out, waiting for Marvel to call them? Like, yeah, we've been yeah. riding on our coattails. Um, yeah, we, also, if you really think about it, too, it's been a while. I bet some of the people that actually worked on the movie, like, sat in front of the computers don't work there anymore right you know it's what it's like what vision says what is it the ship of uh sisyphus sisyphus i don't remember what that ship was called like you know how long uh how many pieces do you have to take away from the ship and replace theseus until it's not the same how many of vfx employees do you have to take out of a vfx house until it's not the same house anymore you know yeah yeah exactly like uh, yeah exactly like I, I, I'm pretty sure if it is, they're probably, you know, just working on some VFX or they like, hey, do you have these, you know, um, models like you did not do in 4K, you know, 14 years ago, 15 years ago? <laughs> uh, can we can we borrow those for scans? Like, I would literally take the Spider-Man suits out of the PlayStation 4 game 
and be like, yeah, these look real enough. Like, you don't have to go to the VFX scene. <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. So. Um, but Spider-Man No Way Home, very excited. Comes out in December. We've not gotten a trailer. There was Sony who shared, shared a photo of a big semi-trailer that said Spider-Man No Way Home this week. And I'm like, this isn't newsworthy, Sony, but I appreciate your humor. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I really expect to see some marketing for this coming sooner than later. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, by the time we get to Black Widow in July, uh, which is you know, a little over a month away, we will have trailers for uh, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man uh, mm-hmm. to get us to the end of the year. Uh, yesterday, I'm pretty sure it was yesterday, Marvel and Sirius XM announced that they are going to be doing a podcast series called Marvel's Wastelanders. Uh, this will follow Old Man Star-Lord, Old Man Hawkeye, Grey Widow, and Old Man Logan slash Wolverine, uh, and they will be scripted series on uh, the Sirius XM and then also eventually other streaming platforms later. And believe it or not, if you were looking at the same image that I'm looking at, which you can find in our show notes, they all have white hair. Oh <laughs> my gosh, no, they're old. <laughs> there is no pigment left in any of the any of the hair on their body. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. It's very much old man Logan kind of comic book vibe, but it, I, don't it, remember, well, I don't remember Star Lord or maybe yeah. Black Widow was an old man. Um, so Logan, but so old man Logan was a, a Mark Miller comic book as we talked about last week. Mm. Uh, Hawkeye was in there because he's gone blind, um, mm-hmm. and he helped drive Logan across the country a little bit. W- weren't they driving like Spider Man's Jeep or yeah, the spider buggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, recently they've expanded on this time frame because of the popularity of the series to include other characters, including old man Quill and, you know, gray widow along the way. Um, so what's cool is, uh, old man star Lord will come out June 1st. Uh, so literally a week away. Uh, so you don't have to wait too long for this. Um, and they've cast, um, uh, I, I don't know him, Timothy Busfield as star Lord, but, uh, you remember, uh, the cabin boy himself, Chris Elliott, as rocket in this thing oh chris elliott's great that his his voice is is made for voice work <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm excited to hear him do uh his version of rocket for this uh, yeah as well. I, I mean i don't know it might exist but i don't know what does old man rocket look like does it just look like a gray raccoon you know <laughs> like is it no pigment left on that raccoon either um, yeah i i honestly um i don't know i've, I've never seen i'm i'm, I'm trying to google it here while I look it's it so strange old man and rocket don't really come together yeah yeah because i know like you know you know all of these characters are all originated on a page right and then later you know voices were added to them but even rocket in the cartoon shows and you know rocket in the movies kind of has more of like a um i don't want to say high-pitched voice but you know a like a little weaselly, I guess, is maybe a way to describe a raccoon voice, voice, if you will. Yeah, and then going Chris Elliott, like the literal other end of the spectrum, is really funny. So it just it's funny to imagine, like at some point in time, Rocket's voice like drops, like he went mm-hmm. through like midlife crisis puberty or something like that. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, or I mean, like literally, you know, the world does, you know, the villains one kind of thing. So uh-huh. uh, in that world, but yeah, so um, there's that. But I also want to go back to the newest casting was. Uh, actor Stephen Lang, who you may know as the villain in the Avatar movie, um, mm-hmm. as, was cast as Hawkeye for this, and then Susan Sarandon as Grey Widow for this. So they're they're pulling some some I would say A list actors, you know, of that age range out to do the voice cast for All this. Right. I, I I do have to say, 
take back everything I just said because I yeah. was confusing Chris Elliott with Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was, <laughs> I was gonna. I was like, uh, Chris. Elliott. And now Chris Elliott makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. that's a great Rocket voice, actually. But now I want Sam Elliott to be the voice yeah. of Rocket because that's even yeah. great. That's even better. Maybe my, he'll come in mind. and do Groot for us. Old man Groot. Oh yeah, he could do a Groot. Oh yeah, yeah Sam Elliott could do an awesome Groot. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, that's hilarious. If anybody else was yelling at me, like he's thinking of the wrong Elliot. I was I like, I was like, I like Chris Elliott really... doesn't have a deep voice, but you know, <laughs> whatever you want to think, man. I was like, I, I've, I haven't I seen wonder, him recently. Now I wonder if they're related. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so so they're you know they're they're getting age appropriate voice actors for these roles, which is cool. That's that's great. Like yeah, you want to do that. So here's a little, little thing about the. Um, uh, the series, the the Wastelanders, is in the barren, desolate wasteland of the Midwest. As controlled by Doctor Doom, they encounter the ageless telepath Emma Frost, outlaw Ghost Riders, Doomwood locals, voiced by Danny Glover, uh, and the bloodthirsty Craven the Hunter. Who will find the Black Vortex first, and what will the price of his power be? So, the Black Vortex was another comic series Marvel did a while ago with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to to tune into these uh, audio kind of. I guess stories here a little bit and listen to them. Uh, I'm not into murder mystery podcasts, so yeah, I'll take a Marvel Marvel series to listen to. What do you think? Yeah, bring it on. I mean, they yeah. they've been successful in the past, so I mean, on your commute to work, are you gonna listen to them? Uh, if I ever I get my I if I ever get my commute to work back, I yeah. might. Uh, yeah. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Marvel's Wastelanders, check it out. Series XM is the first one to have it there, um, so it's probably in the app, and then it'll be on other stuff later. So do that. Switching over to a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars Rangers of the Republic is reportedly no longer in development at Lucasfilm. Yeah, no longer in uh, active development, which I yeah. believe is an important thing to, to note because I saw, yeah. a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of headlines, a lot of articles, a lot of nerds running with the idea that the show was axed and it, they were just saying, oh, it's not in development right now, which, no. you know, it could eventually end up getting axed, right? But, you know, I think what maybe one of the, um, I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but wasn't it heavily implied that Cara Dune yes. might have been kind of carrying the so, show? Yeah, so Cara Dune, they've kind of left that up, but like the Cara Dune and then there was the, the guy who was in Kim's Convenience um, um, as the, the, X-wing, as the other the X-wing, X-wing guy, pilot. so like kind of looking into that because they had histories, uh, you know, with the the New Republic and with her firing, and they're not going to recast her. You know, they could do that. So the other theory is, or, or idea is, they could introduce another Ranger into the Mandalorian slash. Mm-hmm other shows and then make that the lead going forward yeah which is very possible but that means you need to rewrite everything because you have to introduce a brand new character in this show so yeah they're just they they probably just going back to the back to the drawing board literally so yeah um, um and, and that's will, fine disney's got how many shows they had in, had in they, they came out with like 10 shows right last fall so <laughs> yeah um i think plenty this is of fun. stuff yeah plenty and, of other stuff to work on yeah, 16 weeks of the Bad Batch. Uh, if you've not caught up with it, this is not a spoiler, but, you know, uh, they they showed in the trailers that Ming-Na Wen's Fennec Shand was going to be in the show. Um, mm-hmm. And she was in this week's episode. So um, I don't think it'll be her only appearance. So I'm very excited because you, you just hear a voice like, ah, that's mm-hmm. Mulan. Uh, no. <laughs> or Agent May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, I, that's really cool, you know, to, to see all these. And I believe... I, I didn't put it in here, but Dave Filoni was promoted um, yeah, this week. Yeah, to, to like a big ex, uh, executive creative position. I don't remember the yeah. exact title, but it makes uh, so much sense because when you really think about it, after all of these years and decades and all of these installments of Star Wars, 
like really beyond the original trilogy, Dave Filoni and like maybe yeah. give a little bit of credit to um to John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau, but yeah, Filoni he's been involved with all of the best stuff. All of the cream of the yeah. crop storytelling has always been Filoni. So so apparently, um, and I just read this. Out, uh, Dave Filoni has been he was updated to executive creative director at Lucasfilm. Yeah. But apparently, mm-hmm. he's been there for quite some time. They just updated their website. Oh, <laughs> um, that's fine. That's great. I mean, it's good that we know that now because mm-hmm. you know he is, you know, he, you know what George Lucas was for the expanded universe. Dave Filoni is for us Star Wars going forward, right? Like mm-hmm. he's telling the stories. He's creating the characters. Um, you know, between Clone Wars and Rebels and now back to the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian and uh, obviously the Ahsoka show and, and the, the, the all that stuff. I'm really, really excited to see that. So um, there's a lot of good Star Wars stuff in active development that we can look forward to. That doesn't range with the new public right now. Mm-hmm. We have talked about this probably to no extent this week uh, about Warner Media uh, spinning off of AT&T and joining forces or being purchased by Discovery plus network the the parent company very uh, very <laughs> confusing you had to really yeah. read the headlines because nobody was using the word sold or selling off it was always just like shifting acquiring new Merging. bookkeeping yeah so it's very it's very confusing uh if you didn't know already AT&T the telecom owned Warner Media, which owns yeah. these other properties like uh, DC and HBO Max. That, you know, if you're a regular listener of the show, you already knew this. Uh, but I don't expect a normal lay person on the street to know this. They don't have to know this. They shouldn't have to know this. But uh, apparently what's happening is uh, AT&T is in yeah. a crap ton of debt because they bought a bunch of stuff that I don't know if they weren't getting quite their return on investment or if the board was getting yeah. nervous. But my- I think... <laughs> From my understanding, like the a, a uh, telecom buying a media company, um, they didn't know what to do with it, so they didn't know how to make money from it. Uh, and then I also saw some fingers pointing at this HBO Max uh, same day and date streaming deal um, as theaters, which I I don't think that would affect it too much. But who who am I? But yeah, I, continue. I I think the two biggest bits uh, that I got out of this news uh, throughout the week um, was uh, number one. Uh, the uh, the spending difference. Uh, yes. they, they were they were you know Netflix is infamously known for dropping tons of cash on content. Right, I think it's like fifteen. It was eight bill- billion. It was eight billion, I believe, a year. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a lot, like a yeah. whole lot. I, I want to almost say like maybe I even saw a number like in the teens of yeah. billions of dollars making content and like. The, there are people over at HBO Max or like Warner Media trying to get just get four billion, and then they only got two billion. So like yeah. Netflix was just ludicrously outspending them to make stuff. So yeah. they're really only like resting on their um, their Warner Media catalog. Which lucky for them, the cattle the back catalog was really really good. But they. Yeah. They, they were just not spending the same amount. Yeah, of so so that's why I mean again as much as I love HBO Max, it's not the uh, originals I'm tuning in for right now, right? Like there's I'm, I'm watching a bunch of old stuff. They have good originals, but that was going to be on their, their network as well. So um, for my understanding, they've they've gone into Discovery Plus, which has been a, a rising I guess I would I guess competitor in the streaming market, but like it's a very niche service, right? Like um, this is where your HGTV and your um, uh, was that DIY networks, the Food Network, I believe, is also in there. Is that right? Um, uh, maybe I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, yeah, food, yeah, Food Network, TLC, yeah. and ID. So like they merged, and they're gonna like dump 
tons of money into in the shows. So I would not be surprised if in the next six to 12 months or by the end of the year, even your HBO max and discovery plus Apple merge into one, um, mm-hmm. H, you know, HBO, um, discovery, whatever they're going to call it. Some stupid name probably that we, we don't like, uh, but you're going to be able to get all this content on the something is my understanding uh, from this. And then they're going to start pumping money into original shows because uh, again, like I said, I've been to the dentist a few times. Cause you know, when you go for root canal, you get it done and you have to get the, the crown put on and mm-hmm. all they're watching in that goddamn th- place is HGTV. Like <laughs> I have seen so many, you know, let's buy a house TV shows in the past week. I just want to, you know, just, just <laughs> I just want to burn a house down. Why, why am I buying a house now? This is these shows have ruined it for me. But um, I would be excited to see that those those I guess things kind of turn into the H- add be added to HBO Max, if you will, um, because you know I, I know my I, I love the Food Network. You know, we talked about sharing pictures of snacks, right? Like the Food Network would be a huge win for me uh, on one streaming service rather than two, kind of thing. So. Um, I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with this content. They have they announced some other stuff here in a little bit. And we're we're kind of going to jump into that here at the end of this. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to move some stuff around in our shows here. Um, one of the things we talked about recently, I was at last week that um, uh, it was HBO Max says that Adult Swim was going to do their movies, right? Um, mm-hmm. So this week they've announced that there are going to be four web series spinoffs of their some of their popular shows, mm-hmm. including. Uh, I reckon Morty the Vindicators spinoff, uh, Robot Chicken Alabama Jackson. <laughs> um, Not familiar spin-off. with that character. <laughs> uh, D- Donald um, Faison, uh, is that how you pronounce his name from Scrubs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like a time traveling person. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> do that. Um, Aqua Donk Side Pieces, which is an Aqua Teen Hunger Force spinoff, focusing on the characters from the show later on in their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, Happy Time Harry, the Moon and Night, so on and so forth. And then Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, the animated series. Yeah, I, I'm curious what web series specifically means. Like, are you, we just going to catch this on their, their, uh, their YouTube uh, page? Yeah. And also, like, nobody – I'm not going to say nobody goes to websites anymore, yeah. but, like, does that mean, like, oh, I open up the Adult Swim so, app on my Roku to watch these they, things? So they said specifically on digital platforms – but they did not specifically say HBO Max, so they were like, "I don't." I could see it being on YouTube. Um, yeah, know. I mean, if if they're shorts, I mean, yeah. depending on the length of them, they might just be on like their social media accounts too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, these are going to be short. You know, eight to ten episodes for the season. They're probably going to be what, five to ten minute episodes anyway. Something short and, and sweet, if not less. Uh, I would like in the. I, I'm almost going to liken these to the. Um, the was it the Mickey Mouse shorts they put on Disney Plus that mm-hmm. you know they're like three to five minutes depending on what you're watching so um, yeah this is this is cool that, that you know Adult Swim again owned by Warner Media is, is going to be putting some more money into their animated stuff to to kind of get us going so uh, with that something else superhero related announced was My Adventures with Superman an animated series for HBO Max with already announced for two seasons. Uh, we've got some key artwork here. Uh, Jack Quaid, the um, I forget his name in The Boys. He's like the regular dude who, whose girlfriend was obliterated. But, mm-hmm. um, he's voicing uh, Clark Kent slash Superman in this. So um, looks very much. I mean, it kind of got. A, I mean, to be honest, like an anime feel. 
to this artwork? Yeah, you... yeah, a little bit. I would say it's kind of like that Western interpretation of like, uh, anime, which is funny because anime is like the Japanese interpretation of Western animation. Yeah, it, it kind of gives me like um like a modern Pokemon vibe. If I was going to be honest, like how how these characters kind of look a little bit. But yeah, so it's going to be like you know. Uh, it's, we have uh, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, and uh, Clark Kent here uh, kind of running around. It looks like the um, it'll be the 20-something Clark Kent, the bright and driven Lois Lane, and their best friend Jimmy Olsen as they begin to discover who they are and everything they can accomplish together as they investigate as an investigative reporting team at the Daily Planet. So I mean, this is like post-Smallville. Yeah. I just, I'd, well, I think actually I think Smallville might get to when he's a reporter at the uh, Daily Planet at some point in time. Uh, but either way, I'm okay with this. Uh, I mean, I get dragged down into a lot of uh, into a lot of animated discourse on social media with the the people that I follow, and uh, they share a lot of uh, either good hot takes or they retweet bad hot takes so they can say how bad the bad hot takes were. And uh, this uh, this uh, little screen cap here was not safe. Uh, there's uh, some really uh, uh, stringent Superman fans that think this is like the wussification of Clark Kent. And it's just like, okay, come on, just like, just relax. There's tons of hyper masculine Superman stuff that you can go watch if you think this isn't. But this is just Clark Kent, and they put like a little bit of like blush on his cheeks because whatever emotion he's experiencing in this scene makes him look like that. I don't know. People yeah. just go crazy. the 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 fandom, the fandom, for uh, cartoons uh, that are not children. Uh, the people are insane, and <laughs> I will, I will, I can say that very, uh, very safely. Not all of them, but I mean, it's like, come on, it's just a cartoon. Uh, just have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, and, where ha where have you been the last twenty years? They make and cancel and reboot these these uh, properties all the time with yeah. like animation. Like we say that all the time on the show. If you don't like it, just wait two years. And there's gonna be a brand new Superman cartoon that you can love, and then it'll get canceled. Or hate. And then. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that's one of the things as well. Like, you know, like it, it's it can tell a different story of a different Superman. Like he can be like, you know, he's still trying to be secretive, right? Like when he was 20, he wasn't the Superman we know now, like who's in his like 40s. Right. So mm -hmm. this is perfectly fine to tell that story and do it in animation. So we don't have to get the the, the live action DC people being vocal because Jesus yeah. will never shut up about that. On the flip side of that, if you like old Batman, then you're going to love this bit of news. Batman Caped Crusader, an animated series to order to HBO Max with Bruce Timm of Batman the Animated Series as an executive producer on the show. Along with J.J. Abrams, um, who's at HBO Max, and Matt Reeves, who's working on the new Batman as well. Um, they are very clear, this is not a sequel to the Batman the Animated Series. See, there you go, animation nerds. If the if the My Adventures with Superman uh, got you freaked out, this is probably the most aggro animated Batman that has mm -hmm. ever been made. He's got very bat-like ears. I don't the know if that's gonna... The tallest ears I've ever seen on a Batman. Yeah, I don't know if those are necessarily going to stick around uh, once, you know, the character yeah. goes into animation. Uh, but it looks really cool. I mean, this... This is very dark. This, this looks intense. This is 89 Batman font, if I'm going to be honest with you. Like, right? Mm -hmm. like the, the title, the words. This is not a... Like, I could see this being kind of in the um, the 20s, 30s vibe of mm -hmm. the animated series. But, like, being, you know, still, like, a different take, a darker Batman. Because... Yeah. Like, like, what if this is, like, oh, this is Batman the animated series. But what if we didn't have to make it 
you know, for for a kid audience, right? You know, I doubt that they're going to go, you know, Harley Quinn angle, right? And then just, like, you know, have, like, nudity and, like, uh, sex and, like, blood and everything like that. Actually, I don't know if there's nudity in the Harley Quinn show. I don't think there is, but, yeah. I just just assume by, like, the the kind of, like, vulgarity nature of it. Yeah. It's not an R-rated Batman. Yeah, I think they're just going to just go, like, PG-13, you know. Like, hard hard 13. Yeah, I, I don't know. All we have to go off of is just this minimal yeah. amount of information, and but uh, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very, you know, again, it's it's a bottom-lit Batman, if you will. Like, the, the, the darker art style here is very, very telling. Like, it feels like the animated series, but, like, I guess the next evolution of the animated series, if you will. Like, it's... Not the same, but man, they've they've gotten really close to it without being the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see it. It looks it looks fun. I like this artwork style. I, I'm hoping to see some some movement from it. And that's a good team to be to be put in front of Batman. So check out that that thing there. We'll we'll get you going about that. The other DC animated series announced is the Injustice animated series, which is awesome because that follows the video game series which later had a i think five or six volume comic book series um and this it's all the whole premise is batman and superman go to war after the joker kills lois lane um and the whole world is at stake here uh so it's kind of like a a civil war if you will for batman and superman but in an alternate uh timeline uh rather than just a a one-off thing but um the video games were made by nether realm studios which makes mortal Kombat, which is even better do we know so it's an animated movie. So do we think they're going to be using like the character models from the game? Like, is this going to be like a CG movie? No, they're going to do like what they're doing right now with the um, the Long Halloween. You know, the Justice League War. Oh, Mortal. so just kind of more of the traditional yeah. DC animated movies. And, yes, and I, I the story. So Injustice One is the the kind of the breaking point of this whole story, right? Like, you know, what's the world look like? You know. Uh, essentially when Superman becomes a dictator and, 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 you know, lots of superheroes and villains have died, uh, very gruesome deaths. That's why, you know, Mortal Kombat, man, the second one tells of Supergirl coming to earth after all this. And what does that arrival mean for everybody else? Um, but there were, I, I believe it was five volumes. So years one through five of, um, the uh, Injustice book series, right? So each volume was a different year, working its way up from the the inciting incident all the way to where the games were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows, like, individual characters, where they are, who's switched sides, who's good, who's evil, who's died, who's alive. So I think they're going to take the comic book artwork and stories and put it into this kind of thing. So I don't think we'll get the, I don't think we'll get Injustice 2 yet. I think it'll just be the first one, if you if you will. So, mm-hmm. um did you play these games at all? I don't remember if you did. Uh, no, but I'm familiar enough with them okay. to know what's going down. As someone who's again gotten back into Mortal Kombat, I really, really liked Injustice Two, uh, which you know came out you know four years ago or so, um, and you know how you, know, you get different outfits and different looks for your characters and stuff like that. So if you ever find that on sale, I would recommend it. Um, I, th- I think it's it's. I think it won an award for maybe best fighting game of that year as well. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend it if you get a chance to, to 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 pick that up and snag it. Even the old one's pretty pretty great. Gotcha for that. Uh, and what's one of the oddest looks at any of these <laughs> TV shows ever? Um, the character Impulse has been revealed for the Flash TV show. Do you know who Impulse is before we go down the road? Isn't Impulse? Uh, I don't know the exact origin, but it's like a younger speedster, right? Yes. So Impulse is um, the son. of... Of Barry Allen and Iris West, 
Bart Allen. So um, this is like their son from the future, I guess, in the TV show then, because they haven't gotten that far to have a teenage son yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got our first look at this character, <laughs> and the first look is a bad look at this character. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, you, have, you included another photo here, which I hadn't yeah. seen, which is very, very helpful with just as the actor on Instagram showing a picture of the suit. And, you know, they, they make pretty decent suits for the Flash over there. I think they, they look good. The characters fit them pretty well. But this is just a great example of just poor decision-making on the marketing team. Yeah, This is, like, the worst staged photo I've ever seen. This so- looks like a little kid who just put on pajamas and is like you know like he's not even in the, house. in the air. I feel like his face is photoshopped into this and like you went to the mall and you went into one of those photo booths and it's like Let's <laughs> take your face and put on here so if you see though I did include an original image that they base this on right like the, yeah, the I guess the introduction of impulse in the comic books when he's a much younger kid. Yeah. Um, so I get where they came from, but this is a bad execution. Yeah, because uh, it, it, in the comic book frame, this is a very dynamic pose, right? You got one leg up, you got this line of action running through the character. Uh, it's foreshortened in a in a very uh, I would say effective way, and in this one, he just looks like eh. yeah, <laughs> like like mom, did you pack my lunch? Like. Eh. It's just it's the look just on his bad. face, like it's no happiness. But then, if you look at the the actor I shared, uh, Jordan Fisher, he he posted a, of him a selfie of him in the actual suit in a mirror, yeah. and it looks way better. I feel like the perspective of the head is off because, like, it looks like he has like a little afro yeah, on I his agree. head. Like the hair does not match up with the his actual but hairstyle. with this but with this Instagram picture, like he has he has a very kind of like a modern kind of like haircut it's, and it's like this just looks like little kid going to recess so so i think here the problem is here if you look at this the the bad one mike it has been photoshopped and doctored to match the pose of the other one mm-hmm. in proportions because his foot uh his left foot the one that's up off the ground is way too big for his leg which is like pointing backwards right like the proportion of his body is really weird right there so he looks short but with a tall torso and his head's even bigger. It's just, it's bizarre. So uh, I, I feel like we put this one in the show notes just to really, really motivate you to go find the show notes and oh. click on this to look at this, uh, look at this promo of Impulse. It's, uh, it's not good. But it's fun. It's just to let you know, uh, there's a point when every show should probably think about ending. And I think The Flash is getting to that point <laughs> in his lifespan where you're like, you're, you're, you don't care anymore. I forgot that DC Super Pets was supposed to come out this year. Um, but uh, they have actually gone to a current DC actor, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, to voice Crypto the Superdog in this. Oh my God! Does he have? I mean, I'm sure I, I'm I'm pretty positive he has children, but yeah. are they at an age where they need something that they can watch that their dad does? Because that's Could, usually what motivates these uh these uh decisions, right? Could you save some roles for other actors, DC? <laughs> could you Could you let someone else have it? I don't get me wrong. Dwayne Johnson did a great job in Moana um, as Maui. I think he's a great actor, and he did a great job voice acting. Um, But I don't see the need to do this, but that's fine. It's not my decision. I just didn't think that this project was high profile enough to attract the the biggest actor on the planet, you know? Well, they probably got him, you know, doing some ADR for black adam and like hey while you're in that booth can you read a couple of these lines off for us you know what i i suppose i don't know if we've ever gotten any confirmation if super dog is supposed to speak but i mean if this is like um 
if this is like a Groot situation and, it, and they just need him to record some barking noises, he could have gotten the the gig done in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure they talk in um in the in the comic series uh, to each other because they're just like the pets themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a kids book. If you've not seen it, DC Super Bets. Uh, one of them is called Pooches of Power, and it's got a uh, bat dog and a um, crypto super dog fighting actual an actual penguin. Um, who is the penguin? It's it's you don't even want to know, man. You don't even <laughs> want to know. Um, but uh, this I mean, this is an interesting casting thing. But you know, he's Black Adam. Might as well, rocks. He's a, what the most profitable actor almost every year so far. Mm. So, um, and Jungle Cruise is coming out at the end of this month. Or end of this year, uh, end of July, so two months. The Suicide Squad gonna drop some rumors on you, Mike. Uh, rumors according to a calendar, because that's where leaks are coming from these days. <laughs> uh, the 20, 21, 2022 calendars is that Peter Capaldi's Thinker is possibly one of the villains. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the Thinker, you know, speaking of the Flash. Uh, is on my radar because the thinker was uh, the villain, and I think in maybe one of the last seasons I watched of the Flash. So uh, yeah, I mean I could see it. Yeah, uh, he's in the trailer talking to the the Suicide Squad as well. Um, so um, yeah, he's he's a traditionally villain, but also you know we know that um, Starro, the large starfish dude, is coming as a villain. And um, another thing, I was like the rulers of the island, Malta or Cortese, which were just like dictators. I'm like, okay, this is fine. But, you know, we're at that part of the year where we're starting to get leaks for these upcoming movies based on promotional items and specifically calendars because every month has to have a picture mm-hmm. uh, promo artwork. And that's going to lead us into our next topic, the Batman. Boy, do you want to see some Batman images? We got calendar images for you to look at here. Our show <laughs> notes, full of them. So I've got two of them for you here. One is um, is not working for some reason. The other one is. So if you want to see some promo art of Batman himself in his suit, which looks cool. I like the Batman suit. Mm-hmm. Very, very, you know, it's a promo art. But also the Riddler in what looks to be some sort of BDSM mask. <laughs> the Riddler um, looks like straight up like the, what the, I feel like the Zodiac killer looks like, right? This, like this is very, like very creepy. Like it, you would not want to come across this person. I, I thought this was a homemade Dr. Doom costume. <laughs> oh yeah, I because it looks like a, a homemade uh, kind of Doctor Doom costume. Um, it looks like I did not include the right link, but there's more images to see. Kind of like uh, I mean, really, it's just Batman and the Riddler, or right, and we don't know what the Riddler looks like. Played by Paul Dano, um, you know, great actor. So I'm excited to kind of see more about this. It's coming out next March, 2022. We probably won't get our next trailer until what Fandom 2021 later this year. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I this bat this Batman movie's on my radar, Mike. I don't know. What about you? It's on everybody's radar, right? Because this uh the 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 word on the street, right, is that there's going to be two uh, Warner Brothers universes uh, left in DC. There's going to yeah. be bat Re- Matt Reeves Batman, Bat Reeves. There's going to mm. be Bat Reeves, and there's going to be a uh, Snyder. Nah, the world kind of, uh, but we'll see. The DC EU, but we'll yeah. see where the Joker ends up. Who knows? You know where that goes. So. Um, yeah, we got a lot to, to catch up when the flash arrives, but you know, this is one of two Batman we could be seeing in 2022, right? So, mm-hmm. um, the other one with being, um, bringing back 89 Batman. So Mark Miller, Miller world kicking off Netflix is, is getting through all his projects, right? They just did Jupiter's legacy. There you go. <laughs> Jupiter's legacy. And now they're working on his, uh, one of his earlier comic books called nemesis. Um, 
So Emerald Fennell, uh, who just won an Oscar for her script for Promising Young Woman, uh, has turned in a script for the series. Um, she was also tapped to write Zatanna um, for the uh, DC HBO Max show. So um, I think this is great news. Uh, the late Tony Scott worked on this show or this movie series, whatever it was before, and it has some visuals. We don't have those, but apparently his visuals where Tony Scott worked on will be provided for the show as they can work on it um, throughout that. Which is pretty cool for me. I mean, I think Hello? it's, uh, you know, fair to say oh. it's pretty good. You know, I'm really excited to see where kind of Mark Miller stuff goes uh, after uh, Jupiter's Legacy. But Nemesis is is one of those, like, I, I think it's like one of his bigger series outside of that. So um, t- tapping an Oscar winner to write it is great, right? I mean, that's that's what you want to, that's what you want out of this. Well, you can't go wrong with hiring an Oscar winner. Uh, Golden Globes is a different story because who knows if that will uh, stick around. <laughs> but, timely, uh, yeah. timely, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I mean, that's cool. I mean, again, um, Netflix bought Miller World so they can really adapt any of their projects. So it looks like, again, as we talked about, they're dumping tons of money into these projects to put more content out there. So um, that sounds, sounds good to me. I mean, yeah. Are you familiar with Nemesis? No, <laughs> not at all. Okay. I mean, my my experience uh, with Miller kind of stops at like uh, Kick Ass and um, what was the other one that he did? That, um, well, he had Wanted and then uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. I was that. thinking Kingsman. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, Wanted was one as well. But yeah, this one I'm not familiar with. Yeah, it's more of a. I think he's like a. I don't know, like like an anti-Batman kind of thing. He's like a killer or a villain. So. I don't know. I don't, he's, would you say he's a nemesis, Chris? Yeah, like he is a villain, but he's like dressed in white. He kind of dresses like a modern Moon Knight, like the opposite of a Batman, right? Completely mm-hmm. white. So it's, um, I think, you know, again, like we talked about with, with Jupiter's uh, legacy, um, Mark Miller is not precious with his content, right? They've changed a lot of the stuff. So um, they, they could very well make this very different for that. Uh, speaking of Netflix and its um, adaptations, which uh, for some reason are all from DC, um, Sweet Tooth, uh, the Vertigo comic book adaptation, which Vertigo is an um, imprint of DC, by the way. So why this is on HBO Max, we've talked about, we don't know. Um, <laughs> the trailer for this, uh, which I thought was a prequel to the Fallout Boy music video from the early 2000s. Uh, Sugar, we're going down. It's not. It's actually um, a, a book from, I think, about, it either ended in 2011 or started in 2011. I think it's around 2011, 2012. Uh, it came out, and it's about... Um, world where people are dying due to a mysterious virus the next thing you know these half breeds half animal half people are born and uh how that affects the world uh kind of thing so um you gotta see this trailer i'm familiar with the the comic book mike um with sweet tooth they had a um, like a sequel or an anthology series recently in the um i think in 2020 last year uh so um this might be your I first mean, introduction yeah, to I this, mean, so what do I you was, think? I was so unfamiliar with it when you told me to watch the trailer. I was just like, wait, the Twisted Metal Sweet Tooth? Yeah. There's a trailer for that thing out already? Because weren't they adapting that? And then I was like greeted with a young child with antlers. Uh, but I, I dug the vibe of the trailer. Uh, it, it, feels very, uh, it feels very dramatic, very emotional, but also uh, kind of like this fantasy element to it because you got these uh, you got these animal hybrids. It, it did remind me a little bit of this anime that I watched like one episode of. I don't know if it's a Netflix original or if Netflix just happened to have it. I think it's called Beast Stars. Um, Beast Stars, kind yeah. Yeah. kind of a similar plot. They're not necessarily hybrid. 
as much as like humans that can like transform into kind mm-hmm. of anthropomorphic animals. Okay, so um, I, I don't quite remember, but there's like a walled off city, and like the the humans don't like them, and they like hunting them down and stuff. So that that kind of element is uh, still there, but uh, oh, like like Bloody Roar. Do you ever play the Bloody Roar video game? It's a fighting game where like you know it's like a regular fighting game like Tekken or something like that, but you had the ability to turn into like everyone had like an animal form they could turn into, which like gave them more special abilities and stats. But yeah, I get what you're saying. So um, in the Sweet Tooth, so the main character, his name is, nickname is Sweet Tooth because he eats uh, all of um, the his little, his friend's candy one night. So that's where the title of the series comes from, if that helps you figure that out. So don't okay. don't be holding your breath for the the name of the show to tie <laughs> Don't be holding my an breath for an uh, for a renegade ice cream machine to yeah. drive onto the set. Exactly. So um yeah, I if you so this is you know about this uh, one kid and and his uh friend I can't think of his, his friend's name. Um his his protector if you will who goes out with him and and takes him out into the world. I think it's Jeopard is his name and Gus is the kid's name. So um yeah, it's uh it looks I mean Netflix is going all in with this this look of this half deer boy, huh? Um, yeah. I just thought it was funny that they they splashed the uh the DC logo everywhere. Yeah. It's just like, well, technically it's Vertigo, but nobody knows what the hell that is. So let's do the DC logo everywhere and then yeah, it does make you wonder is it not on HBO Max just because originally like it was Vertigo that was going out there like maybe pitching this and mm-hmm. like HBO Max is like, "Oh, we don't care if Superman or Batman's not in it." Um, but then at the same time, uh, when you go to a place like Netflix that, you know, they do like, let, let the creators like move forward with their vision at the same time, but also there's creative producers over there at Netflix as well. So this is kind of a way of saying, mm-hmm. even if this would have been on HBO max, it could have been a totally different project. There could have been totally different, uh, people involved. So, um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. Netflix likes. I'm sure Netflix likes the ability to say that, like, oh, we're like the only streamer that has Marvel originals and DC originals yeah. on our platform. <laughs> well, uh, the other thing is, um, just I mean, um, other Vertigo shows. You mean Preacher was a Vertigo show, mm-hmm. uh, Lucifer, um, because that's a spinoff of Sandman, which when Sandman comes out will be on Netflix, right? For that, and then uh, Constantine, um, uh, the the one that was on like what was it? NBC before it jumped to CW. Yeah. So that that's um, also, uh, those are all Vertigo imprints. And I guess it's funny if you think about Preacher, because Preacher, I believe, was FX. AMC. Which is, uh, it was AMC? Oh, yep. okay. I was going to say, if it's FX, that's kind of funny, because that uh, falls under Disney. But yep. but yep. I think it was on Hulu. I think that's where I was watching it. Yeah. Vertigo, I mean, it, it, just literally listing them off there, Constantine, Sandman, Preacher, they're all like, supernatural religious comic books that wouldn't probably fall under the DC normal labels of superheroes. So yeah, a lot of of adult oriented books there, but yeah, sweet tooth, one of those. Um, so uh, excited to see that also on Netflix this week and in theaters didn't know that, uh, came out in theaters as well. Um, army of the dead by Zack Snyder. Finally reached this section of the show. I think the only reason that, uh, this, uh, made it onto uh, our show to talk about is there's not a whole lot of uh, brand new movies to talk about yet mm-hmm. at this point in time. Things are starting to open back up, but you know, it is a Snyder movie. We do have Dave Batista also known as Drax uh, from yep. guardians of the galaxy. So there is crossover into the superhero slate lore. Uh, you yeah. know, we, we're usually not covering a lot of zombie stuff here. So uh, yeah. instead of getting a spoiler cast, you're just getting it here at the end of the episode right here. Yes, so exactly. We're not going to break it out here, but you know, again, Zack Snyder, known for his work in the TC universe, recently the Snyder Cut, which happened to be about the time they started promoting this movie, 
um, you know, came out here. What's interesting about this is um, directed by Zack Snyder. Screenplay was also by Zack Snyder. Story by Zack Snyder. Uh, cinematography by Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, um, this is this is a hundred percent resting on his shoulders. That's for yeah. sure. And um, yeah, I, we'll talk about you know the story here in a minute. But I will. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to approach this review, Mike. Um, <laughs> do you want to? Do you just want to do like a, a real quick like uh, spoiler free review? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do about. here. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so this is on Netflix. Overall, it deals with um, again just from the trailer, a group of what appears to be maybe um, they're not military, but they're like armed people who need to go into Las Vegas, which is a quarantine zombie zone, and get some money. And if they get the money out, they get a portion of that money, and. Um, this, uh, you know, I think, you know, again, Dave Batista has proven himself to be more than just a wrestler, uh, more than a, a Drax dry person. I think he's a good actor. Um, but this movie does not feel anything more than maybe a student film or a um, a side project, if you will, by Zack Snyder <laughs> to prove that he can do everything on a movie set. I was honestly looking to see if it was edited by Zack Snyder as I was, <laughs> like, looking this up because um, there are... Um, it's called bokeh effect, and if if I said it was overused, I would be lying to you. Um, it is one of the most hardest. It's the hardest movie I've had to watch in a while because it feels like a student film. Because I know I've been there. I've made movies with this short depth of field before in my life, where everything in the background is blurry except you're focusing. Um, but this movie just does not seem. It's it's a zombie heist movie, and guess what? It ended exactly how I thought it would end. I was not surprised. I'm not impressed. I didn't care for it, Mike. Uh, that, that's where I'm at with this. I don't know how to talk about it. So um, take it away, Mike. Spoiler-free review. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like I might be slightly, slightly more positive on the movie than you, but overall that's not a good thing, right? I think um, I think if I had to grade it uh, at best a B-, minus, but I would say it's definitely in the, in the C range more than likely. Um, the the world that Snyder attempts to build, I would say, is somewhat interesting. I always appreciate when people add lore to kind of like a, a common story. You know, I, I said the same thing about the um, – what's the movie called about where the – it's like a romantic comedy zombie movie. What was it called? Warm Hearts or Warm uh, Blood? Yeah, or... With, with, yeah um, I'm pretty sure it's like uh, Warm Blooded. It's the, got the guy who plays Beast in the X-Men. Yeah, movies. yeah, exactly. Um. And I like how even in that movie they add a little bit to the zombie lore. So I like that, you know, at least uh, Snyder is trying to do something new here. I love the concept of a zombie apocalypse that's isolated to one area. I think that's interesting because most zombie uh, stories that are told, you always have to tell an apocalyptic story, right? You always have to tell about, oh, what are humans doing now? How are they surviving? How are they escaping? How are they trying to get away? Like, nobody just ever tells zombie stories where humanity's still pretty okay. So I I thought it was interesting that it's just uh, yeah. isolated to Ve- to and to Vegas yeah. itself adds a little bit of an extra kind of visual style that you can give to this kind of story. So I do like that. And there's some other things that Snyder tries with like Easter eggs, which we can get into with the spoilers that yeah. could have some interesting concepts, but I would say e- executed very poorly. Um, yeah, the the depth of field thing. Uh, I had a chance to watch it before you, so I had to text you and say it's not your eyes. You don't need to see the eye doctor. You were not uh, the <laughs> only person. Like I saw reviews of this all week leading up to this, and that was like they were like 
what is going like i hope this is not a trend in film yeah. like i mean i get i get kind of what's happening to the point of like either it's either one of two things right either snyder thinks this is going to be really cool because he's thinks he's adding an extra emotional element to his film by going with this very crushed depth of the field that of just like oh when we get even me like usually this is like reserved for like kind of like medium shots right but mm-hmm. if it's if it's not a wide shot you cannot see the background well, anywhere you're going it, so i don't know if he's trying to uh, insinuate an emotion to his audience or Maybe I saw some theories that this could be a, a practical thing of just like, oh, if we never show the background, we don't have to put our money there, right? But well, there a lot of money went into this film. This was like what a hundred million dollars, I think, is what I was seeing. So this this ain't no um, this ain't no just kind of the, like indie Netflix darling, right? Yeah, it, it probably costs more to make this movie than they were trying to get out of the casino. If I'm going to be honest with you, at the end of the day, if you include <laughs> marketing this, but I will tell you the the, the crush depth of the field is used to create. Um, um, a, a sense of um, claustrophobia. Like yeah, or it's, like, or sometimes like dream-like feelings. You know, right. like either way, you can get an emotion out of it, but it's just like, you don't have to do it for the whole it, movie, man. You save yeah. it for specific scenes, not every time the camera punches in, yeah. right? So that was very uh, distracting, unfortunately. Yeah. I do, I like the ambitiousness of trying to use a lot of practical effects on the zombies, right? You know, uh-huh. they really went in there, they put a lot of plaster and clay on faces, and I appreciated that, but it does feel kind of out of place when you do these very grandiose like VFX shots, which there's a couple of yeah. them in the film, so uh, it, it does, it did, it, deal, it did feel a little disconnected there especially when you see the cg tiger which you do see in the trailers of like this very highly animated polished cg tiger and then you see like this kind of zombie shlambling around with like clay on his face um so uh there was a little bit of a different disconnect there with the visual style but uh uh I, I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to spoil yeah, anything. Yeah. So I, th- I think we should jump into spoilers. Here. Yeah, let me let me mark down our time code if you want to know about spoilers or if you haven't watched it yet. But I'm pretty sure everyone but me has Netflix still at this point. <laughs> um, you know, this 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 whole movie, it, it is a, a Rogue One scenario, if you will. Um, no one makes it out alive except the daughter, right? Like only one person lives out of this whole thing. And. Uh, uh, what and uh, I mean I, I can complain about a lot of things and I'll start here of the the whole side plot of trying to save this mother that's trapped in Vegas and you don't even get visual confirmation of her death and it's not one of those things like oh he's trying to be cagey he's trying to hide it maybe we'll see them in this zombie universe sequel that he's gonna make like no like they kind of allude to it but they don't like we had to re we rewatched it Chris yeah. we rewatched the last section with the helicopter because my wife leaned over to me and she's like what happened to that mom that they wasted like the last act of the movie on so we rewatched it and when the uh, Dave Batista's daughter walks around to the ki- cockpit yeah. to see Tignataro impaled, there's like a brief, out of focus, like everything in this film, shot of maybe the top of another person's head because the mother, this woman, was supposed to be in the passenger seat of the helicopter. Yeah. Now, why does half of the helicopter survive the wreck and the other half not survive it? I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but, like, why don't you show so the confirmation there, visually of this character dying? Like, do something. Like, there, that's so lazy. There is a reason for this, and I will tell you why. Because it actually ties into Tig Notaro being in this film. 
So you think it was because the shot that they were forced? The to shots use. they used had Chris Delia in it, who died. Who was who was originally the actor who Tignatar was replaced with? Digitally. Yeah. So so that makes sense, but only only if like the corpse was supposed to be draped over Chris Delia, right? Like right. we literally can't do it because they're interacting. But like you could have the, done an no, insert shot yeah. of like a bloody head, you know, against the glass, or, even or if just it was, a like, reaction. You could have done a reaction to the body. Yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. But, like, like he but, doesn't care about the actual reason she broke off in this film uh-huh. like yeah. there was it's all for an action scene to crash a helicopter to shoot Dave Batiste in the face yeah I mean <laughs> o- overall I think that just goes into the tone of I just hated the ending I think yeah. I would maybe have a different uh, feel for this movie if they stuck the ending but I yeah. hated the ending because like a thing that you do in movies right with um, when you're trying to defeat the enemy right you're trying to defeat the villain there has to be some sort of problem solving that happens uh, in there, right? You know, usually it's like we need to get the character in front of the villain and then we can defeat the villain. But like they've had interactions before in the film. So it's not a matter of fact of just finding the bad guy, right? You know, he can obviously whoop their ass. He's like this big, powerful zombie, right? So I was expecting, oh, what's going to be the one-upsmanship here, right? What, uh, how are they going to get the angle to creatively defeat the bad guy? And there is none. There's just some commotion in the helicopter that distracts the zombie for a second so they can shoot it in the head, right? It's not like Tignataro, like, sacrifices herself and, like, does some sort of cool helicopter maneuver that moves the zombie around. Like, no, there's just some commotion and then it it gets shot in the head. It it was the explosion with a gun that was – shouldn't have even been balanced where it was at the end of the day. Like, it's – this movie suffers from what three ticking clocks at some point mm-hmm. because they keep moving the time up to get out of this thing, right? They were like, "You have three days, okay? We're in there, okay? You have like three three hours, oh? You we have to redo the the the, the vault one more time, and we only get one more chance. He needs thirty minutes, kind of thing. Like there there is a lot of moving pieces in this film of like what and I do. I, and do your best not to think about any of them too much yeah. because the plot makes no sense, right? Because the ulterior motive for the kind of um, the the guy who's hiring all of these mercenaries, yeah. if you will, is he just wants to get like some zombie. alpha zombie DNA, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a specific reason why he has to get the head, but I, I could assume there is a reason to just get the well, head of the queen was, or, or an it, alpha or something It was like still that. alive. That's why. Oh, okay, gotcha. So yeah, they like, still want it alive. Yeah, yeah, so, they still want it alive. So I get that, but I think everyone would agree, why do you need to give uh, this team this whole kind of like a uh, cloak and dagger treatment? Why don't you just tell them, like, I will give you $200 million from my own account if you just go into this zombie it, city and take off a zombie head? Let's, like, I mean, if you would have just focused the whole team, I mean, it all would have gone much better. Like, the money was pointless to you, so the whole fact that they have to do all of this money heist is just a moot point. It's just dumb, you right. know? Well, it, no, but I think the only reason they had it was the heli. I think their plan was go in, get the heli. Yeah, do that, and get the helicopter off where the money is, kind of thing. It, it was a lot of waste of time, right? Like they spent a lot of time going through what was this? It was it felt like the um, last crusade of like where they go, like sending the zombie through the traps, kind of thing. They're like, oh, there's blow darts. Okay, 
Yeah. Oh, there's guns. Kind of a, oh, there's then it smashes. Yeah, that's another thing too. It's like you can um, you're presenting us a real world with a very unreal scenario of zombies that you know yeah. everyone's on board with with zombies. You know, if you establish it well enough. And I actually thought the 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 intro of the movie was uh, actually kind of compelling. You know, they're yeah. moving this zombie from Area 51. Aliens yeah. may or may not be involved, and then you know it jumps out. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, and that's how it gets the Vegas. And then the opening montage was actually kind of entertaining. I kind of like how that. That's how they did a lot of their heavy lifting of introducing these characters is just a montage of kind of Vegas and, falling. And they, he used that um, kind of in uh, Dawn of the Dead um, back in the um, 2005, which is great. It works then. It works now. Like, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Like, that was great. And then they uh, I will I will just say on that thing, he had he loved his fucking scene where they were like, they're all shooting zombies like and they're walking in like the Avengers circle around all the characters. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, wait, this is just a mind palace thing. Like. I'm like, this is stupid. Why did you like hype us up for these shots? Yeah, all, like, yeah. All heist movies have to kind of give you like that, that, you know, that little preview of how it should go because you know it's not going to go right. But anyway, so you're setting up like this somewhat real, real grounded world. There is no conceivable reason uh, a bank vault in Vegas would have blow darts. Would have a wall that smashes you. I don't remember what the second. It thing was guns. Was. It was just guns. So the first one was blow darts. Okay, the second was one just, was the gun, the machine guns, and then the third yeah, one just smashes you. It's to just bits. like, and like, I'm not saying that you can't do that, but if you do that, go all in. Make this movie the wackiest, silliest, weirdest thing ever, and include all of that stuff. You can pull off. You can make blow darts work going to a bank vault, right? If that's yeah. the tone of your movie. But the movie's just like so overly serious at times, right? It's just so. Uh, dramatic when it's just like uh, we just saw blow darts I mean like come on you've already lost it and then and then these little easter eggs that Snyder thinks that he's crafting this amazing zombie verse that's going to rival his Snyder verse he's building this intricate web that is going to be all over Netflix and people are going to fall in love with it and he does it with these really weird choices of like oh guess what when they're going to kill one zombie it's going to have blue eyes and then if you blink for a second you might miss the metal face and it's just like it's a robot it's like wait is that a robot but you would you would expect that to be touched on again, right? Like, 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 let's say an after credit sequence, so, like maybe, maybe even just a blueprint of the zombie. And I know I did read online that it's supposed to be like, you know, a government surveillance robot that may or may not pop up in like an animated series. But like, that's not how you add seeds, right? You don't add a seed to your movie that no. looks like it may have been a mistake because like he likes to add so much visual flair to his movies. Like, I just thought like the blue eyed zombies were just like, oh, I guess just some of the the alphas right. have blue. I, Lies. So it's just like you're not even yeah. doing this part correctly. Let's, you know, let's, let's not even talk about when I saw them for the first time. I'm like, oh, those those zombies are probably the nighttime zombies, right? Like the, the ones that see in the dark with the blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Because the king zombie is pulling out is it like a glowing blue fetus out of his deceased zombie wife's body? Mm-hmm. I'm like, are the zombies going to have babies? Is like, I mean, what, what, what is what is this stuff? Like, I agree. Like he sets up all this bullshit, and you're like. What is this? Yeah. Oh, it and was also, nothing. 
move on. And also at the very beginning, when they first walk into Vegas with the coyote, uh, they they mention like, oh yeah, all of these zombies come back to life when they get wet. I was like, oh, that's actually that's pretty cool. That's yeah. a cool thing to bring up. I love the foreshadowing. I'm expecting to see this later, yeah. and then it just doesn't happen. Now, like you can like say you can establish like this type of lore and stuff, but it, you can't just say it. You actually got to do it okay. because like like we just said earlier. Uh, like the the normal person off the street doesn't know AT and T owned Warner Brothers. The normal person off the street doesn't know that this is you, uh, spinning off into all of these other franchises and sequels. Well, and um, even if that, it did, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. give a shit about these characters of this world enough to go like, oh, I'm gonna go watch the prequel to this to see how Vegas got became this way. Uh-huh. Right? Like they, they didn't they didn't, they did that enough in that montage scene that I don't need to go back and watch it to learn why there are robot zombies. Yeah, and also like you, even if your rules are silly, you got to follow your own rules, right? We we saw multiple times how long it takes for somebody to transition into a zombie. Like every every zombie show, you know, follows their own rules. Like The Walking Dead, any other zombie movie I've ever watched, it's very consistent because you have to know what the stakes are. Oh, if you get bit, like how long is this going to happen? But then the dude at the end of the movie crawls out of the vault. He's been bit. He gets a fucking private plane. He's like driving all over the country. He's flying to like New Mexico or Mexico or wherever he's going. I don't even remember. Mexico. And like he hasn't transformed yet. And it's just like I'm sure some nerd out there or Zack Snyder will go on Vero and say like, oh, well, the reason he didn't change was the the nuclear fallout slowed slowed his how uh, transition. Was, how long was he in there to be able to walk out of there with nuclear fallout? Yeah, it, it, exactly. So it's just like I get it that there are explanations for every question that I have. But when you're crafting a movie, when you're crafting a franchise, like these are things that you can't gloss over, which honestly goes back around to uh, this is why Snyder never should have been in charge of the DCEU. Like, I'm just going to take it back around to like the Snyderverse because like uh, on Twitter, I saw Zack Snyder trending this weekend and the, the, the super fans of Zack Snyder drive me absolutely crazy. Uh, they think he is on the biggest hot streak ever right now. They think that he's made the best movies of all time time they uh they 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 think army of the dead is a masterpiece uh unrivaled uh it's just like i just want to i don't want to like be like a a snob and say go watch like go watch some real cinema but you people you need some other benchmarks for quality right Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying you can't enjoy Zack snyder stuff but do not pretend that he's making some of the best stuff ever made like like i said i'm not as I don't think I'm as 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 hard on um, oh, this, this, this specific movie, movie uh, but because I you know I had a decent time. I didn't have to pay to watch the movie. Uh, I was disappointed by the ending, but I've been disappointed by other endings before, you know. But it's just like if if you're gonna put all this work into it, like I don't know. I'm just kind of like I do it a little bit better. That's all oh, I'm asking for. So I, I don't know. I just I got I got triggered by all the all, all the uh, by all the discourse on uh, on the internet this weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I actually did all our show notes while watching this because I could literally predict every character's or every character fell into an archetype of, of something predictable, right? As soon as, you know, they have, um, oh, what the hell was his name? Um, uh, Theo Rossi, right? As the creepy security guard. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. She's gonna, I, as soon as he shows up, I'm like, oh, I bet he turns into a zombie and she kills him later. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He was hired. I was like, and they're gonna hire him to be the bait. Literally take him in 
they shoot him in the leg, use him as bait. And then Man, she it took kills me him forever at the end to, of the movie. It took me forever to, to, to realize like where that guy was from. And I was like, oh, it's Shades from yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's Shades. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. I'm like, oh, he's playing sleazeball. And yep, it's like, it's, it's like everything was so predictable. I'm like, everyone's going to die down the road. I looked at I looked at the um the one girl uh, played by Anna De La Regua who played Maria and I was like hey she's attacked by zombies he should shoot her gas tank ten seconds later guess what he did he shot her <laughs> gas tank I'm like this Shoots is the, the most predictable zombie film ever and then there's that weird scene in the basement with like oh that's our future bot like that's a that's our bodies from another timeline thing yeah then- that was so like i mean that kind of goes down the 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 pipeline of saying just like if you want to make like this goofy movie where characters get really really meta and you're seeing like these weird things mm-hmm. like make that your movie but it just seems so weird and out of place like what are you going to do like is your franchise going to move into like a weird like metaverse and yeah. it's just man it's crazy yeah it's just it's it's, it's weird this and is, not in a good way well i think this movie is uh the this is a, a, a base concept, right? This is what you write down on a napkin at a restaurant when you're talking with your friends or whatever, or like, you know, yeah, we had a meeting. This is what you would get up. There's no trying. Everything here has been done before. Yeah. And that's why it's so disappointing to me to, yeah. to, to, I could literally not watch it, do our show notes and still predict what was happening next because yeah. it was that bland. Yeah, um, I'll give you this. Zack Snyder has great ideas for yeah. sure. I mean, the whole idea be- behind his like Snyderverse of like aging up all of the characters, the Batman that we meet has already been Batman for a while. So you get to kind of tell this like unique story from that angle. Uh, I, I yeah. love the ideas, but wow, the execution is so poor yeah. across the board. And I mean, like this was for me personally, this was Snyder's chance to redeem himself in my mind. Right. You know, this is your movie from top to bottom. You're at Netflix. I'm sure that you, he got very minimal feedback for his film because it's two over two and a half hours long. Right. Mm-hmm. This movie's way longer than it needs to be. So I was like, all right, Snyder, you're literally in charge of everything on this movie. Let's see what you got. It's I don't want to say it's like, oh, it's not for me. It's just not my taste. This is not an effective movie. Like, I think even people that really, really like uh, Zack Snyder and his type of films will agree that the 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 ending was not satisfying. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, even with like the weird kind of like post credit scenes, like, yeah, there, there could be more story to tell. But this on its own as a movie. I don't think you could say it's like satisfying. Well, I, I'm sitting there like the end of the movie. I'm like, oh, they're all happily reunited. Why are they sitting there smiling at each other, not getting the goddamn helicopter because they know a nuke is coming, not because there's mm-hmm. zombies behind them. And like, oh, the zombies behind him, he's gonna jump into the chopper. Like everything was so bad and and and, and stereotypical and just ruin any hope it had for being unique um, mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. Um, I was gonna say there was one thing that really bothered. Like I I, I brought it up out loud while I was writing the show. I was like, how did the chopper not get to that other building faster than a zombie who had to go down the elevator, get on a horse, ride across? (laughs) Like how... What is the yeah, time frame of getting across fucking Las Vegas in this movie? Yeah, I, I saw some of that. I, one thing that I will give this a pass on, because... Um, uh, 
just because normally this is something that I don't think about the mechanics of, so it doesn't bother me so much. Of a lot of people online brought up the fact that like, uh, what was it, two hundred million dollars? Like, is a lot of money. It weighs a lot. There's no way you could have fit it in that helicopter uh, mm-hmm. with all of those other people. Like, there's no way you could just like physically like move it. So don't think that I'm just like this super over analytical guy that can't enjoy anything. I I can totally ignore that. I can even ignore like the nuclear fallout, right? Because yeah. to me, the nuclear fallout is almost kind of like how like oh you know guns with silencers still make noise right you know it's just like it's a movie i can deal with the idea that like they need a big bomb that doesn't have all these like weird side effects that you don't you know don't want to worry about so well uh, and and of course it knocked down the building low enough into the ground where this vault was he could just open the vault and walk away (laughs) yeah that's true uh (laughs) and and also i just kept thinking like you need a nuclear bomb to kill these zombies, like if they don't have the mechanics to get out of Vegas, right? Uh, just like I don't know, napalm it, right? Or just like we shoot it with normal bombs not, that you don't have to like. Not to uh, get- uh, and also reminds me, I I, I have to say, I, I don't want to forget this. I do not understand the refugee plotline at all. Right. Like I I think they're trying to they're trying to hint at that like oh they can't leave the the border of the city because they may or may not be infected but why would you have all of these people especially like you know police officers and volunteers literally right outside the gates wouldn't the encampment like maybe technically you know you don't want to integrate these people with society because you know they might get people infected but wouldn't you like at least be like a mile down the road Mm -hmm. in like an isolated camp that you couldn't easily just be like oh yeah my the wall next to my tent is a is a freight uh cargo thing and on the other side is like a zombie right you know it just it was just a weird storyline to try to add in like i feel like hollywood does not know how to properly tell a refugee story so there's like they, they just like tack I, it in and it was just I, really weird i still don't know why those the her one friend went back in with the other two people do you know why well, they went back in the gita um because uh it was a there was like one line it was easy to miss it they wanted to crack open a, a slot machine so they could use that money oh. to bribe the people at the refugee camp to let them out and I just, I just kept thinking, like, what a shitty refugee camp. Like, yeah. the purpose of this camp is to keep the infection from spreading over the entire world. But you can get out of it just by bribing some people. Like, it, it, it weirdly felt locked down. Like, it really felt locked down and, like, not locked down, right? Uh-huh. Like, why did they need the need? Why did Dave Batista need his daughter to bust them in when as soon as they got in, they just stood around outside like nobody was watching them, right? They it was were just very like, easy to get in there. Yeah, they weren't being like secretive at all. Like they did not need that bus to get in. Like right, and it, like as as are there un- not like, cameras? Like why? Like we, it's modern day, right? Like you think they put cameras to monitor this? Yeah, I mean, just parachute in, right? I mean, like we've seen yeah. so many like really cool, sick like helo jumps in different movies and stuff, oh. and they talked about like how oh they might be monitoring air traffic, but like I don't know, like getting like a do like a helo jump, land directly on top of the building you need to land on. You'll be right by the helicopter. Go down the steps. I mean, you'll be in and out, and you'll actually get the it, get the job done. You know, <laughs> the airspace is restricted, but going out, it's not. The bus space isn't restricted. Well, that's for sure. Well, like, the bus you, got in. You very can easily. fly in, but you can't fly out, kind of thing. I'm like, that's 
Or you can't fly in, but you can fly. I don't know. There's a lot of loop. I mean, it's not to sit here and nitpick this movie. I, I mean, my, my view is I, you give it a C. I give it a D. Like, this is barely passing. Yes, it's a movie. Yes, it's on Netflix. You didn't have to pay for it, but it also gives me confirmation. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have Netflix because I don't want to fund this kind of <laughs> kind of junk anymore. But, like, I, I just it, – it's, it's a half-ass plot with half-developed characters – Filmed by a man who shouldn't have a camera in his hands. Chris, uh, half-developed characters, didn't you learn that Dave Batista liked lobster rolls? I mean, that was his whole character arc, right? He didn't know what he wanted to do as a profession, and by the end of the movie, he knew it was going to be a food truck with lobster rolls. I mean, did, like, did, did, how it, stupid. So it, stupid. Was it his family who got crushed by the dropping container at the beginning? I think think so I and think then he so. had That's to the... kill his second wife who was that girl's mom by stabbing her in the head oh i guess i didn't think about i guess i didn't think about that yeah i guess this is the double-edged sword of, of an opening montage right you can yeah. only get so much information across uh, i thought it was going to be like his uh yeah i thought for a while that the that the the daughter was like a niece or something, right? Yeah. Because I was like, oh yeah, we saw somebody get crushed, right? Yeah, like like a, and he had a picture of them in like that whole like we're doing like portraits of heroes here yeah. kind of thing. And, I'm and, like, and also, I can believe Dave Batista, the huge yoked dude with all of this equipment and guns, and we saw him in the opening montage. I can imagine this dude like headshotting zombies like crazy, but his daughter gets a gun and headshots literally every single alpha zombie that's coming down the hallway right and we never get any backstory we never get any information that how big is that clip? she can that she can wield a gun that well it's just like i'm not saying that she can't be an empowered character and like kick ass but like you basically portray her as this helpless nobody and then when she has this really awesome moment you don't even like even linger on it for a second like nobody even like looks at her and goes like oh wow that's really good shooting Look, and also she, if you can shoot that good like shoot the zombie that has the helmet on in the eyeball right like you were hitting him square in the forehead but you obviously see he's wearing a metal plate on his head shoot him in the eye like i i, I just or I, don't the know. Neck. I guess that's i guess that's where yeah. i get not fun at part Parties or yeah. whatever. I, I I would say I mean this isn't something I, I'd recommend. Um, you know I mean at the end of the day by a long shot. Uh, again it's nothing against Zack Snyder. I think as a film it just doesn't hold up to anything I would watch or think. I think there are better zombie films out there. I think he's done a better one. Watch Dawn of the Dead. I really think you'll have a better time with it than this. Um, and you know that's literally set inside a mall for the whole movie. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just I, th- I thought Vegas would be way more fun, but um, the fun part of Vegas with the zombies was blown up in the first montage. So the rest really wasn't there for me, you know, like it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was like, yeah, it was in Vegas, but it didn't have like the Vegas vibe kind of thing like I was hoping for. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't recommend this, Mike. I don't know about you. Well, you said you're 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 easier than I am on it, but I, I can't in, in good faith tell someone to go watch this movie. Yeah, I so mean, it's two and a half uh... hours, by the way. Yeah, it's it's long. I think if it was shorter, it'd be easier to recommend. But uh, you know, Snyder, you didn't redeem yourself over here. I guess maybe I'll just go back and watch Three Hundred, and maybe I can uh, remember a time when I like Snyder's work. Have you seen Dawn of the Dead though? Really? No, I haven't. Okay. Which I should because I know Gunn uh, okay, wrote it. it. Yeah. So uh, we, I might have a better time with that. Yeah, I think I think you watch it and be like, oh, this is what he's capable of doing with zombies. This is more fun. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I just uh. Rather than uh, beating a dead horse, which is literally in this movie, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, he rode a zombie horse. Um, I think I think we can just uh, we can call it quits and move on to the to the end of the show. Yep. So people don't know what you're doing, how you're feeling. <laughs> Where can they find mm-hmm. you at? 
Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, valdan87, or Twitter, valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. People know about the show, what we're doing, where they can listen to us next week when we're here again. Where can they find us at? Well, all you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find our show notes, right? So if you want to see that hilarious look of Impulse over at The Flash, that's in our show notes. I mean, we're just baiting you with that one. But you can also look at this uh, promo of the Riddler if you want to see what he's supposed to look like. So head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts like ours. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. How, how should we rename the quarantine, corn stream we're watching. segment at the top of the show? I, I want to know what your ideas are. Uh, reach out. Let us know. Uh, we love our super fans of the show. If you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. Get vaccinated, and we will be here every week, baby. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Mystery flavor all the things.